millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This creature killed five park rangers. So as a park ranger, I've always been drawn to the untouched wilderness, the raw majesty of nature in all its forms. The Pacific Northwest forests were the epitome of this untouched beauty, a sprawling expanse of towering evergreens, moss-draped oaks, and fern-filled undergrowth. Thick mist often hung in the air, weaving through the trees like a spectral shroud, while the damp earth beneath was a complex mosaic of fallen leaves, 
pine needles and gnarled roots. My name is Jacob Jake Anderson, a veteran park ranger tasked with the reopening of a long-abandoned section of the park. This region had been cordoned off for decades due to an unsettling legend. The locals whispered about a cryptid, a mysterious creature that had allegedly claimed the lives of five park rangers in the past. I was a man of science and naturally dismissed these tales as mere folklore, often shared to keep curious wanderers at bay. However, as I spent more time in the eerie solitude of the forgotten forest, I began to notice strange occurrences that my rational mind struggled to explain. There were inexplicable sounds echoing through the quiet night, a primal and unfamiliar cacophony that made my skin crawl. Equipment started disappearing from the ranger station, only to turn up in unlikely places. I found giant, unidentifiable footprints etched in the mud, far larger than any known local animal. Worst of all, I couldn't shake the eerie sensation of being watched, an invisible gaze tracking my every move. The mounting evidence was hard to ignore. Could the local legends hold a shred of truth? Could this part of the forest be home to a predator unknown to modern science? As I delved deeper into the mystery, my duty to maintain the park's safety clashed with my responsibility to my team and the visitors. I was torn between the need to keep the park open and the undeniable risk that something dangerous lurked in its depths. The tension escalated as I found myself in a race against time. I was determined to uncover the truth behind the cryptid desperate to separate reality from legend. The more <laughs> I investigated, the more the lines blurred. The forest, once a symbol of serenity, had morphed into a battleground, and I was at the center. My confrontation with the cryptid was sudden and terrifying. It was a beast like nothing I had ever seen, a monstrous entity that seemed to defy all laws of nature. We battled fiercely in the depths of the forest, a test of survival that pushed me to my limits. I managed to land a fatal blow, but as the creature fell, it vanished leaving no trace of its existence. Was it all just a figment of my imagination, or had I really encountered a creature unknown to man? The forest kept its secrets, the quiet trees whispering tales of the unseen. I was left with more questions than answers, a haunting memory of the cryptid and a renewed respect for the untamed wild that holds mysteries far beyond our understanding. This just happened to me now. I was filling my watering pail on the side of my house for my small garden. I know gardening and fairies, how ironic. I turned down the outside tap to fill up my pail and randomly looked up to see a green thing hovering around my master bedroom, just going up, down, flying away, and coming back. It looked to be one one and half inches. And I shit you not, it looked like it had a Tinkerbell dress on. It wasn't blowing. I couldn't see any arms, legs, or hair, but I could definitely tell there was a small head or something that was a different color than the green body. The wings seemed to flutter extremely fast like a hummingbird, but it was transparent. So here's the thing. I would have just thought nothing of this and said, oh, this is just a weird insect or something, whatever, and carry on with my day. But the moment I saw this thing, I went full fight. 
flight, or freeze mode. I wanted to run for some reason, but somehow my curiosity was more powerful than my body telling me to run. I froze in place with my pail in my hand, just watching this green thing fly with every hair on my body, standing up like a scared cat, LOL. Another thing is I couldn't get a very good look at that green flying thing, even though it seemed so close to me, about two, four feet away from each other. It just looked blurryish with the biggest detail I could see was the green dress. I stared at this thing for only like twenty seconds and it flew off, but it like dropped something almost like a tiny leaf that I saw flutter into my neighbor's yard. I rushed to look at what fell but couldn't find anything on their grass and guess what? When I tried looking for that bug thing again, it's freaking gone. What kind of insect drops shit when they fly away? Lastly, I live on Oahu, Hawaii. We ain't known for fairy sightings. I went to bed yesterday as usual. I don't remember seeing or feeling anything out of ordinary prior to that, but what happened next was possibly the most real dream I've ever had to the point that I'm not sure if it even was one. It all started with me waking up in the middle of the night. Or at least I thought I woke up. Next, I saw a very bright, cold, white light coming out the window. It wasn't focused like a flashlight would be. More as if there was a very bright light bulb and it was getting more and more bright. At some point, I felt that my ears started ringing. I was scared shitless, to be honest, but just froze in bed and stared at the light. I closed my eyes because it was getting painfully bright, and then there's like a gap in my memory. Maybe I fell asleep, but the next thing I remember is what I would call the second part of this dream. So here I wake up again, only to see that I'm no longer in my bed, but instead lying on some kind of a table, with two literal aliens standing just next to me. Here I would like to say that I couldn't move anything besides my head, and even that was pretty difficult. Also, the table certainly was a little too short for me, because my feet were dangling over the edge. Now, about these beings, their skin was very pale and kinda yellowish, almost like a corpse skin would look like. They had no hair whatsoever and were completely naked. Their eyes were just sort of plain gray color and only a little bigger than regular human eyes. The heads were bigger than human heads, too, but not like in those cliché descriptions. Ears were kind of pointy and protruding out. Their height was about five feet tall, I'd say. They had very narrow shoulders, lanky arms, and legs. But what stood out is that their bellies were huge. Think like a beer belly on a very fragile body. The room was well lit. The walls looked like they were made of some really dark metal. And in the corner on the right stood what I would describe as a see-through bathtub, filled to the top with what looked like sausages. And to make it weirder, there were two of these aliens sitting in that bathtub and staring at me. And, oh God, the stench. It felt like something had died and was rotting in there. Next, one of the humanoids standing next to me had this thing in its hands. Best I could describe it as a starfish, but it was dark brown. The alien lifted my t-shirt off and placed that starfish thing on my belly. It felt like it attached itself to me. It was kind of slimy and overall felt disgusting. 
Right after doing that, left the room through the entrance that was behind me. I couldn't see where it led. The three remaining aliens just kept staring at me without saying or doing a thing after a while. I started feeling dizzy and as if I was about to vomit. I can't tell why. Maybe it was the stench. But a few minutes after the alien came back and took the starfish thingy off me, I passed out almost immediately after. Then I woke up in my own bed, no signs of aliens anywhere. My stomach looked as if nothing happened to it, but I still felt pretty sick. I had breakfast, and in a few hours I think the feeling simply went away. This happened in the summer of 2020 in Lawrence County, along Blaine Creek in eastern Kentucky. My mom's home, where I grew up, is situated in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. There are no houses or neighbors within half a mile of her house. The area is simply beautiful mountains. One night her old dog was barking, whimpering, and growling. He just wouldn't stop acting up. My mom was confused, since there were no outside noises that she herself could hear. The dog was pacing back and forth to the door and windows. After thirty minutes or so, she decided to grab her flashlight and go outside to make sure everything was okay. No animals had been messing with her trash cans, so she figured her dog was picking up the smell of a raccoon or other nocturnal critter. She scanned her yard and the creek and didn't see anything out of place, so she turned to go back into the house, and that's when she saw it. I will give the best description that I can from what she told me. I've never seen it myself and hope I never do, she said, was standing on its hind legs. These hind legs looked like an animal's, but the front looked more human. It had patches of long, light-colored fur all over the body and legs. The top looked like a humanoid man, while the lower part looked like an animal. The face was very odd. She called it an alien apeman. She said that it stood about seven feet in height and was muscular. She stood paralyzed with fear, shining her light on it. It looked at her. Then it started walking on all fours out of her yard towards the back and toward the mountain. It did stop and looked back at her a few times, but finally disappeared into the darkness. There was another encounter. One night, a few weeks later, her dog began acting up again. She decides to stay inside. She turned her lights off and looked out of her dining room window. There was a pole light in the yard. She was able to see it again, although it was further away from her and not as detailed. She said it had the same shape and was the same thing she saw just weeks earlier. She backed away from the window for a few minutes, then looked out again. It was gone. After that, she would walk out onto the back porch and fire her shotgun at dusk, hoping the creature would heed her warning. It's been over two years now, and she still fires the shotgun every early evening. The creature hasn't returned. My name is Jack, and I was a government worker sent by the United States Administration to track down a Bigfoot that had escaped from a CIA science experiment. I was a seasoned tracker, and I had been chosen for the job because of my years of experience in the deep woods. As I ventured deeper into the forest, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. The trees were thick, and the shadows seemed to stretch on forever. And as the hours ticked by, my unease turned to outright fear. It wasn't long before I caught my first glimpse of the Bigfoot. 
It was unlike anything I had ever seen before, a towering creature with matted fur and sharp claws. It seemed to be watching me, studying my every move with a keen intelligence that I hadn't expected. At first I thought that I could capture the Bigfoot alive and bring it back to the scientists who had created it. But as the days wore on, I began to realize that the creature was too powerful for me to handle. And then the attacks began. The Bigfoot seemed to be hunting me, stalking me through the woods with a ruthless determination. I was no match for its strength and agility, and I knew that my only hope was to outsmart it. But as I delved deeper into the mystery of the Bigfoot's origins, I discovered a document that unrevealed a sinister truth. The scientists who had created the creature were not working for the United States government, but for a secret organization with its own agenda. They had betrayed me and the entire nation, and now I was caught in the middle of a deadly game of cat and mouse. In the end, I found out that CIA caught Bigfoot and jailed him. This experience left me shaken. I wanted to expose this secret organization. I couldn't shake the feeling that there was more to the story. The scientists had hinted at the existence of other experiments, other creatures that they had created and released into the wild. I couldn't ignore this knowledge, and so I began to dig deeper, determined to expose any other secrets that the government might be hiding. It wasn't long before I stumbled upon something that chilled me to the bone. The scientists had been experimenting with human DNA, splicing it with that of animals to create hybrid beings that were stronger, faster, and more intelligent than any human. And they had released these creatures into the wild, hoping to study their behavior and learn from them. I knew that I had to act fast before the hybrids could cause any more harm. But the scientists were one step ahead of me, and they had set a trap that I couldn't escape. One day, while I was going to work, a dark black van parked outside my home. To cut the long story short, I was captured, taken to a secret facility deep in the heart of the forest, and subjected to experiments of my own. They wanted to see if they could create the ultimate hybrid, combining the strength and agility of the animals with the intelligence and cunning of a human. For weeks, I was poked, prodded, and injected with all manner of strange substances. I was given drugs that heightened my senses, and I could hear the creatures outside my cell pacing and growling in frustration. But despite everything they did to me, I refused to break. I knew that if I could just hold out long enough, someone would come looking for me. And sure enough, after what felt like an eternity, I heard the sound of gunfire and the unmistakable voices of my fellow rescuers, the just man of the United States government. I emerged from the facility a changed man, scarred by the horrors that I had endured. But I had also emerged stronger, smarter, and more determined than ever to uncover the truth and bring the scientists to justice. And as I walked away from the facility, leaving behind the horrors of the deep woods, I knew that I had found my true calling, to fight against the shadows and the secrets that threatened to consume us all. This just happened, and it's quite hard to talk about. Ah, 14 male, live in Germany with my parents. They are at work now, and I was supposed to take out the trash. 
I heard some knocks at the door that sounded like knives hitting the wooden door. When I looked through the visor, I saw an eye that looked like a dog's eye, but bigger and glowing. You might think that it was just a bear or a dog, but I know what I saw. I tried to scream, but I was frozen. I haven't ever felt that kind of terror. As soon as I stepped away from the door, I heard rattling and deep growling. After about two minutes of that, it all went silent for a few seconds. Then I heard heavy steps leaving. I feared that it might come back. What should I do? Apologies for spelling mistakes. English isn't my first language. Ever since I was young, I have seen a large black wolf with red eyes. The first encounter I had with it was when I was 12. I was walking home from school in the mid-afternoon and was mostly zoning out. I used to bring my portable seed player to and from school and listen to CDs on my hour-long trek back home, so I didn't notice him at first. I had to trek through a large suburban area in order to get to my house on the far side of it from the school. But as I'm walking, I start to feel uneasy. I began to look around and spot this wolf who stood as tall as I did at the time. Five feet. And the only reason this is so ingrained into me is because I remember looking eye to eye with him. I was coming up a hill, and about a block down on the corner of the road, he was just standing there staring at me. My grandfather was a nine-handler, so I have been raised with dogs my whole life. I immediately went into play at safe mode like I would with a large, unfamiliar dog and averted my eyes because I didn't want it to think I was challenging it. My turn was thankfully on my left, and the wolf out on my right. So I steadied my pace, reminding myself not to run. Running triggers the hunting instinct, and while I was still trying to wrap my head around the absolute massive size of this creature, I did my best to keep my eyes downwards, but at this point I was turning up my cull sack trying to keep it in view. I kept the paws in my sight as I cut across the road up towards my house. That was when they disappeared. I looked back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back knowing I shouldn't take my eyes off a stray animal, but he wasn't there. I kind of cursed myself mentally at the time. I think I was still in shock from the size that I hadn't processed that it was just a massive wolf in broad daylight. I remember chiding myself as I hurried into my house and closed or locked the door behind me. I lived in that house for a year afterwards and would frequently see him sitting in my backyard or in the field behind my six-feet privacy fence running in the unkempt space, or staring directly up at my second-story window. Then I moved from Colorado to Texas. I thought that would be the end of it, but I continued to see it. I was afraid at first of it, but over time grew used to catching sight of it. Most interactions were just catching him watching me. I never felt threatened, but he was always around. 
I've had multiple encounters where I wasn't the only one to see him either. I've had exes and my current spouse. Then best friends see him at 15 on their parents' almost 400 acres of property one night when we were having a sleepover. The next morning we went out to roam the fields. We found a dead cow who had been born apart. Limbs scattered all over the pasture it was in. However, it wasn't supposed to even be there. There were no other cattle there. They were all over a mile away behind two, three closed fences. I would put more here, but app or phone are lagging due to length. I'm happy to answer questions or go more in-depth on some of my encounters with him, but most of it is just this. Watching from afar and dead animals showing up afterwards. I'm 30 now. I moved back to Colorado last year and I have seen him since the move, but the visit are fewer and farther between than they were in Texas, but I think part of that is because I live in a basement apartment now and try and limit my outside exposure due to C-19. I'm high risk, and I'm not outside nearly as often. I'd love to find out just what it is he is, though. Maybe put my mind to rest. Went out for a drive today into the forest. The area used to be an old logging town, so much of the forest is regrowth. Parked my car and walked around for a bit. Felt watched, but I'm used to that feeling in the forest. Heard a loud rustling in the bushes. Assumed it was just a roo. As I was about to leave in the car, I gazed out into the trees and started apologizing to the forest out loud on behalf of the people who cut down the old growth trees and destroyed the old ecosystem. I felt the need to do this out of nowhere. Then, once I had expressed my sorrow, I sort of came to and made eye contact with something about fifty meters away. We have grass trees that grow taller than any man, and when they die off, they give the appearance of an extremely hairy person if you see them out of the corner of your eye or from a distance. It looked almost like one of those. Only it had definite shapes of legs and arms and two black eyes. I stared into its eyes for a while. I wasn't fearful, quite calm, actually. It felt like we were both just acknowledging each other's presence. Then I drove away and did not look back. First of all, sorry for my English. I am from Austria, and it isn't very easy for me to write or speak English. I had nothing to do with any kind of crypto animals ever, and I have never heard of most of them, especially not movement. That is, until May of 2017. I visited my aunt in Amesville, Ohio, which was my first visit of the United States, and I have to say I liked it. It was nice. On the fourth day of my stay there, I was hiking around because the nature in that area is really nice. There's also a nice forest in that area that I decided to walk through a little. It wasn't night. It wasn't dark. It was in the middle of day, and I was on my own when I noticed a funny smell. It smelt like there was a rotten animal somewhere around, but it also smelt like heated chocolate. Don't ask me. I know it sounds weird. I started looking around because the smell was so strong that I thought there must be something going on. I hid behind rocks when I heard some branches cracking north of me. I was afraid of bears, although I was told there are no bears in this area, and I shouldn't be afraid. I still was, couldn't help myself. 
Thirty seconds after I started hiding behind those stones, I saw some being kind of tall like myself, I thought. But I wasn't sure about it at first. I thought of a standing bear because I saw that on TV several times. But the noises that animal made weren't bear-like at all. It sounded like air in a way, like someone would use a really big fan. I can't explain it better thanks to the language barrier. Sorry, Lo. That's all the noise it made. This occasional flapping. After I hadn't seen and heard anything for five minutes, I decided to leave my hideout to walk away. After approximately fifteen minutes of walking back the way I came from, I heard those flapping sounds again and immediately ducked. I sneaked behind the next best tree again. This time I saw the thing. It was around meters away from where I was, and I couldn't quite believe what I saw. What I saw looked like a large dude, maybe seven feet tall, in the suit. He, or it was kind of furry and wore a cape, or maybe wings of a sort, hard to say. The thing had antennas attached to its head and also appeared to wear some kind of night vision goggles. But it was day. It moved quite fast and stressed out. The cape occasionally made those flappy noises. It disappeared after ten seconds or so. When I told my aunt about it, she kinds laughed it off and told me that sounds like I was talking about the Mothman. A common legend in some areas. It was just today that I remembered the Mothman and looked it up. And what can I say? The thing absolutely looked like the Mothman. It could have been some guy, of course, but the question is, why would he walk around there, make those sounds and all? And what about the smells? Anyone else experience stuff like that or knows what I'm talking about? As a park ranger, Sarah had heard plenty of stories about Bigfoot sightings in the area. She always dismissed them as nothing more than tall tales, until one night when she had an encounter that she couldn't explain. Sarah was doing her rounds, checking the trails and campsites when she heard a strange noise. It was a low, guttural growl that made the hairs on the back of her neck stand up. She shone her flashlight around, but couldn't see anything in the darkness. Suddenly, she heard a loud snap and turned to see a massive creature standing before her. It was a bipedal brown Bigfoot, towering over her at nearly eight feet tall. Its eyes glowed in the beam of her flashlight, and she could see its powerful muscles rippling beneath its fur. Sarah tried to back away slowly, but the creature took a step forward, blocking her path. She could feel the fear creeping up inside her as the creature bared its teeth, growling menacingly. Just when Sarah thought she was done for, the creature suddenly turned and ran off into the forest. She stood there trembling and trying to catch her breath, wondering what had just happened. Over the next few days, Sarah couldn't shake the feeling that she was being watched. She heard strange noises and saw shadows moving in the trees. She even found large footprints in the dirt, confirming that what she had seen was real. Finally, she decided to do some research on Bigfoot sightings in the area. To her surprise, she found that there were dozens of reports of sightings, and even encounters like hers. Sarah continued her work as a park ranger, 
but she always kept her eyes and ears open for any signs of the mysterious creature. She knew that the forest held many secrets, and that she had just scratched the surface of what lay hidden within its depth. I live on old native land in part of the Four Corners. Forty acres of very isolated property, and there are so many artifacts. Bones, arrowheads, worked rocks, etc. It's incredible. There are some cows that occasionally approach one side of the property line, and I like to go feed them with my siblings. Walk down to the fence with my sister feeding the cows. I see this one that looks just utterly wrong. The angles are all wrong. The legs are slightly too long. It's too bony. Sickly pale, ish color, weirdly angled joints. It was just wrong. My sister takes no notice of this cow, but it's watching me the whole time we feed the cows. As we turn to leave, I keep watching over my shoulder, and it stands up on two back hooves and sprints away, up and over the hill and into the distance. It was so quick, covered hundreds of feet in seconds. I was sixteen at the time. I was driving down a back road with my then-boyfriend. He was asleep at the time. It was about two a.m. I was half asleep when I see a deer, but taller, standing on its hind legs. I almost crept myself as I slammed on the brake. We made eye contact. My boyfriend woke up from the G-force. He sees it and says, drive, drive now. I'm in panic as I shift into reverse. I speed backward for about five miles. I stop because I hit something. It's scream. Human-like blood everywhere. I look in the rearview mirror. It was the same deer, but more humanly. We sped home and cleaned my truck the next day. I look in the cab of the truck and I see an eyeball and an antler. I didn't get any photos because my phone was at home. This incident occurred in Memphis, Tennessee. I started my career as a Memphis police officer a few years previously in the 1980s. I was on a special assignment at the time. It was 2 a.m., and it was a clear summer night, but quite humid. I was in my personal vehicle with the top down and the radio playing. I was still in my uniform, including my bulletproof vest and a gun belt with all the regular equipment attached to it. I was heading south on Covington Pike at a good rate of speed and was the only one on the road. This part of the road connects the Raleigh-Bartlett area to the Berkeley area. The road is slightly elevated as the surrounding area is low and running through it is the Wolf River, which is a few miles from here and connects to the Mississippi River. This area is commonly referred to by the locals as the Wolf River Bottoms these days. As I was driving in my peripheral vision over to my right, just outside my headlight beams, I noticed something was moving fast directly toward the front of my car. I immediately slammed on the brakes, thinking that a deer was running across the road. But I couldn't have been more wrong. It came to a screeching halt right in the middle of the road, right in front of my headlights, not more than seven feet from my bumper. As we both froze in place, staring at each other for several seconds, it appeared to be three to four feet tall, but was also crouched. 
It could have been closer to five if it stood straight up, but I got the impression that its current body posture was its normal way of standing. It had a large head, at least compared to its skinny, slender body. It appeared to be dark gray and greenish in color, similar to the color of an alligator, but the appearance of its skin looked like a similar texture to a human. It had dark, large oval eyes on each side of the upper part of its face, running slanted from the top portion of its head to about the midsection of its head. It was kind of pointing inward to where you would expect a nose to be. However, from what I could tell, there was no distinct nose, at least none like a human. Below the eyes was a very thin, dark, almost black line, which I assumed was its mouth. It ran from about the same location a human's mouth would be. However, the line ran straight across the lower face in front, and then turned upward and slightly back on the head. It had no ears that could see. Its body and chest area were rounded like a human, but vastly smaller, almost like a child's. Its arms appeared to be longer and somewhat disproportionate to its body, and they were skinny and had an insect-type look to them. I could make out hands, but they were also completely folded at the wrist joint. The legs were long because, even with this thing's shortness, I could make out the top of them, even with it so close to the bumper which was obscuring the bottom half somewhat. They were like the arms, thin and insect-like, but appeared to be jointed. I did notice its chest area moving slightly like it was breathing, but it seemed slow and steady. I never noticed anything like genitalia. There was no hair any place that I could see, and I'm not even sure if it was wearing any type of clothing. If it was, it would have had to be skin tight. I never noticed a tail at any point. My adrenaline was pumping, and it was only a brief period of observation. It again took off like a shot, and it was out of my headlights. I could still make out its outline in the darkness, and it was moving like a sprinter. It leaped over the guardrail onto the other side of the road and down the embankment. I will admit that this was not the only bizarre incident that I had during my career, but it definitely was the strangest. I never told anyone on the force about the encounter. In fact, I only mentioned it to a close friend during these many years. I could only identify it as a lizard man or an unknown humanoid. I would have never believed it unless I actually witnessed it. We were walking around Dawn's Elk Ranch. Then all the... Sudden, all of the elk started running around frantically. Me and my friend thought it was a cougar or something. We sat there for twenty minutes at least. Every one of the elk were looking back at where they came from, which I thought was really weird. Then all of a sudden, I swear to God, I saw it. I swear to God, Bigfoot, it was a hairy ape, man-looking thing. It was about eight to eight, six foot tall, very muscular, and walked on its hind legs. It was walking in a fast pace like it needed to be somewhere in a hurry. I grabbed my shotgun and shot two in the air. It ran straight for the brush, and we never seen it again. The smell of the thing smelled like hummus garbage and shit mixed together. When I fired the first shot, it picked up a big rock and flung it at us. Too bad we were 100 yards away. He came pretty close to hitting us. That's when I laid down the law. I piped another shell and laid it right on him. That's when he took off. 
That's the last I seen of him or her. I'm a park ranger, and I've seen a lot of strange things in my time patrolling the forests and wilderness areas, but nothing prepared me for the night I helped a lost camper, only to hear his terrifying story of a Bigfoot attack. It was a dark and stormy night, and I had been out on patrol when I came across a man stumbling through the woods. He was disoriented and lost, and I could see the fear in his eyes as he told me how he had wandered off the trail and become hopelessly lost. I helped the camper back to safety, and as we sat by the campfire he told me a story. He said that he had been walking through the woods when he heard a strange noise. At first he thought it was just a bear or some other wild animal, but then he saw it, a massive, hairy creature that towered over him. The camper said that the creature had attacked him, its massive hands crushing his ribs and nearly choking the life out of him. But somehow he had managed to escape, running through the woods until he stumbled across my patrol. I was shocked and confused by the camper's story. Bigfoot was just a myth, or so I had always believed. But the look in his eyes told me that he believed every word he was saying. For days after that, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was out there in the woods. Something that didn't belong in our world. I patrolled the area, looking for any sign of the creature the camper had described, but I found nothing. Eventually, I tried to put the camper's story out of my mind chalking it up to a hallucination or a wild animal attack. But deep down, I knew that there was something out there in the woods, something that we couldn't explain or understand. And so I continued to patrol the forests, always on the lookout for any sign of the creature that the camper had described. Whether it was Bigfoot or some other unknown creature, I knew that we couldn't ignore the possibility that there were things out there in the woods that we still had yet to discover.